Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is the Relunchables Podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, and each episode, we'll be breaking down another 90s, early 2000s kids movie. I'm not alone. Each episode, I'll be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood. This is a bonus episode in which I bring on one of the stars of Brink, Robin Riker, who plays the role of Brink's mom, Maddie Brinker. You may also know her from her work on The Bold and the Beautiful, Reba, and You're the Worst. So let's get into my interview with Robin Riker, and just because I love hearing it, let's play the Disney Channel original movie, Intro Music. We are now joined by one of the stars of Brink, Robin Riker, who played the role of Brink's mom, Maddie Brinker. Robin, thank you so much for joining the Relunchables podcast. Oh, thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. <laughs> now, you've been working in this business for over 40 years, and we recently had uh, Jeffrey Blake on, and he talked about being in so many credits that people come up to him all the time off the street thinking they know him, but they don't actually know him. They just see him on TV. Does that happen to you? Yes, it does. And as a matter of fact, um, I've, I've recently written a book, and I talk about that in the book, that people, you know, I've moved all over the country in, from the time I was a little kid. And um, so, and I remember people, but I don't always remember faces. So people will come up to me and go, early on, they go, I know you. And for a minute, I would think maybe they did. And so I'd try to work that out. But then I just figured the easiest answer was, well, I'm an actor. So maybe you, maybe that's what it is. And then you could see the dime drop and they'd go, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go all the way back here. And I think you kind of grew up in the theater, if I'm, if I'm correct. Did, yes, How did you get started acting? My mother and father were actors, and uh, my mother was a director and a writer. They weren't famous, but they made their living doing it for the most part. And um, they owned their own theater for a while, and they had a legit theater, you know. And they had a very practical philosophy. If you have children, use them. <laughs> but <laughs> they did prepare me for Hollywood, because they didn't just, you know, we need a kid, get her. Uh, you, I had to audition. And, you know, when your own mother says you're not right for a part, you really can't call your agent and complain, you know? So, <laughs> so they, they set me up for a little bit of the reality of the business by growing up in it. She was your first casting director, right? Yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the very first line I ever said on stage. I was about three or four. And it was, uh, they were doing a Christmas production of The Little Prince. And I said to my father, who was playing the father on the stage, um, Daddy, why is the star on top of the Christmas tree? <laughs> and then they would, then the play unfolded. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. I guess you never forget your first line, right? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Did you have any mentors growing up or any actors, actresses that you were watching on TV or at the time in theater that you kind of looked up to? Yes, I loved Glenda Jackson. Amazing. As a, when I was little, uh, she, her, she did a series on PBS called Elizabeth R., I believe that was the title of it, and it was about 
Queen Elizabeth I. Hmm. And she was just fantastic. And then I saw her as I was a teenager in other movies and she was just really wonderful. Loved her. And now she's become this remarkable, she just did on Broadway a production of Lear hmm. as Lear. <laughs> And she looked like Lear. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. <laughs> and with all the credits and all the TV shows and films that you've been in, do they kind of blend together? Are you able to kind of, you know, pick out moments from each thing that you've done? Well, yes, there are, you know, there are those TV parts where it's, you know, you're playing the mom and it's, you know, your jeans are in the dryer, honey, one more <laughs> coffee, you know, which those all kind of just go by the wayside. But um, there are, yeah, there are moments, but there are also, uh, there have done shows that I've not seen. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that. So uh, I, there's a series on right now that I haven't watched. It's on a, a platform called uh, Pure Flicks. Huh. And and it's uh, I think it's a subscription platform and we have eight episodes. It's called Mood Swings. It's it's kind of like a modern day Golden Girls. <laughs> so that was that was sort of fun. Uh, I'm curious, are there specific roles when you get into this business? You never know quite what work's going to look like, and you've been very fortunate to have consistent work pretty much throughout your career. But it doesn't always align with maybe what your interests are or you know the roles that you kind of want in this in this industry. How have you kind of balanced those two things? Well, you know, working is almost always a pleasure. I love the, especially having grown up in the theater, you, the camaraderie of it and that it's all for one, that nothing gets done without everybody. And so I always enjoy uh, going to work and interacting with people, everybody from the craft service to the producer, you know, because it takes all of us, you know, to do that. And um, so there have been, I've, taken parts for the money i fully admit you know or for yeah. the you know insurance or whatever it may be i have done that but um i've never compromised myself do you know what i mean i've never it, i've i haven't taken a part for the money that was a hateful awful character that i <laughs> could find no redemption whatsoever in. i've done some hateful awful characters i must say but um, <laughs> but you know what i mean it's so yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't always get, but if you're working, you're working. And, and that's an amazing thing in this business, you know? Oh, and I sure. know lots of veterans. There's a man, a wonderful actor named Len Carew, who's currently the patriarch on Blue Bloods. Hmm. And he and I did a show together uh, and uh, out here at the Geffen Theater. And um, he just said, I go where the work is. I do what it is. You know, there was a, I've done a few soap operas and they were, oh, there's a perfect example. I, soap opera was never anything I ever aspired to. And I was doing a, a play at the, so I never went out for them. I didn't ask to go out for them. And I was doing a play at the Pasadena Playhouse. And um, I got a call from my agent saying, the casting director from Days of Our Lives called and wants to know if you'd like to come in to, and play this part. And I went, well, if it's interesting, if it's like a homeless woman living under a bridge, and damn, if she didn't, there was a pause, and she went, it's a homeless woman who lives under a bridge. <laughs> so uh, I, I obviously took it at the part. And, uh, and then that sort of built a little world, because when you're in soap opera, apparently, people just love to kind of go from soap to soap, and producers yeah. will happily take you. So I, after that one, I did... Uh, General Hospital, and then I did 
no, something else. Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah. So, but they were all offers, which I think, I think that's how I weigh it. That I will do almost anything if you offer it to me, <laughs> as long as it doesn't involve something embarrassing with farm animals. So... Uh, <laughs> That's a good rule to have. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to have some standards. <laughs> <laughs> That's the line right there. <laughs> uh, moving on to kind of why we have you on the podcast, yeah, which of yeah. course is to talk about Brink, and we're kind of recapping and going through all the Disney Channel original movies. What do you remember about the casting process for Brink or anything? I know I'm really taking you back here. It's been yeah, 20 th- years now. Yeah, that's a long, t- a long time ago. Um, I just remember that it was a casting session come in, and and read and I read and they liked me and and I got cast and and I it was fun you know to do it was the the man who played my husband I think the actor's name was David what's do you remember yeah David Graff I think and he passed David away Graff. shortly after yeah, unfortunately. I know and it funnily right his wife was uh, either directing a play or casting a play his widow yeah. and shortly after uh, we did Brink and then he passed away I ended up auditioning for her. And oh, wow. so I was happy I got to tell her what a lovely man I thought David was, you know, and oof, it's too, that's, yeah. Something. but um, yeah, it was, it was really fun to do <laughs> and to go to the skate park and see the kids doing all the things that they were doing. And I got to tell you, Jordan, my mind has been blown at the re- response that Brink yeah. has gotten. My niece just said to me that, you know, when <laughs> Disney went, whatever they just did, the big thing they did, um, what is it? Disney Plus. Um, that she said, you know, we should get some social media stuff out there because you've done so many movies on Disney and Brink everybody, all my friends, anybody my age. They, and just the other day, we were taking our puppy into the vet <laughs> and we just chatted up this younger couple that was sitting there. We were just talking about dogs and stuff. And 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 all the, I saw his eyes get wide and the minute he said, I know, <laughs> I know you from Brink. <laughs> So I guess that was one of those times where I know this person, but I don't know why. And then, <laughs> then came the dawn. <laughs> I know I'm not alone in thinking that Brink is definitely the best Disney Channel original movie. And I wonder, when you shoot something, you don't really know what, how it's going to turn out and what the reception is going to be when you're in it. Right. And do you get a sense, at, you know, you've been in this career for so long, have you have your spidey senses in a sense got better or you still really don't know until it airs until you see the reception really don't know you can have you know it's sort of like the audition process itself for me i've gone into rooms where i did my audition and i walk out and go oh well i just stunk that up that was <laughs> awful and then they i i got the job and oh, then wow. i've come out i've come out of things where, well, that's mine. Now, you're <laughs> going to give that to me. I probably won't even get to my car before they tell me. No, <laughs> Zippo, <laughs> nothing. So it's all, it, it is all just kind of a crapshoot. I mean, when you're shooting something, I have shot a couple of things that I was going, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> it's mostly the other actor, other yeah. actors, you know, that made me go, well, that could have been better. But, you know. Well, you don't really you, know. You don't really know. You don't really know. And we mentioned with the advent of Disney Plus and all these movies kind of being unlocked out of the vault, have you seen a resurgence for these movies? Have you gone back and actually watched Brink recently or no? No, I haven't. But you know what? I damn well will now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Um, there is w- another one that I kind of get uh, some feedback on, and that's the Don't Look Under the Bed. Yeah. And um, 
I've run into Steve Valentine, who played the boogeyman in that thing <laughs> a few times. So, uh, yeah, but Brink is really the monster, you know? Yeah, yeah. Are there specific genres that you like acting in more than others, or it's kind of the same, even on like on a horror set like Alligator, it kind of, it's not scary shooting it, it's scary when you see it, but is it any different shooting those different genres? Um, not really, because it's, you're there to tell the truth, you know, your yeah. character is supposed to be going through something and you want to bring the audience along with that, so it's, that's all the same, you sometimes you're dressed as a, a princess and sometimes you're dressed as a as a monster yeah. and um and uh so it, it's just telling the story you know to me it's all about telling the story and having maybe because i grew up in it you know i was doing shakespeare when i was 10 years old and and all of that i think maybe it's just easier for me to go oh i'm doing this today <laughs> you know and uh and i know you released the book i believe in 2013 a, sur a survivor's mm -hmm. guide to hollywood in a sense and without spoiling the book too much, what kind of advice would you have for aspiring actors? Live your life in between the auditions because, you know, it's so easy to be happy and positive when you've got a gig, you know, but it's, and mo actors, even the most famous actors that you know, don't work more than they do. Yeah. And um, you have to find peace in between the auditions, in between the gigs. And you also have to learn how to make the most of the gig you have. That's, you have an audition, so that, and then you book the job. So, oh boy, I just booked a job and you're probably not gonna work for a few days. And so you talk about that. And then, oh, I just shot the job. And uh, so that's, you know, and then it's a few weeks before it's on. And then, oh, it's coming on. And then, oh, it was just on. You make the most because every little victory that you have matters and if you're living a life in between seeing your friends you know go out to the club do whatever have fun and appreciate what you have it's so much easier to sustain a longer career because sure. if you're tearing your hair out and saying I, I i just i'm not doing enough i'm not doing enough it's it's just going to wear you down and when you get a chance to shine you ain't going to be so shiny yeah. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. Do you kind of view the audition process as just an opportunity to act? Is that like practice yes. for you in a sense? Yes. In fact, I, I consider it a job. If I come home from whether I book the job or not, I went to work today. I went to work. And to be in the game at all is really a plus because there are hundreds, yay, thousands of yeah. people who are looking to do what I get to do sometimes, you know? And so... If you're going, if you're getting up to bat, you're gonna connect with the ball at yeah. some point, you know. And getting up to bat is going to work, as far as I'm concerned. I think that's the right attitude to have, and you can't kind of have this win-loss view no. when you go into an audition. I think that's how you know actors get discouraged and end up getting out of the business. Absolutely. And one more bit of advice is to celebrate something every day, <laughs> and to and even to celebrate the audition. If you have an audition have somewhere fun to go afterwards meet a friend for a drink go for coffee go whatever just do reward yourself because you just got a good thing there 
you know, whether you get the job or not, you went to work and you should celebrate that. Keep that energy going. You know, I celebrate the jobs. I, the good auditions and the bad ones, the bad ones usually involve a little champagne, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, Napoleon said in victory, you deserve champagne in defeat. You need it. (laughs) I love that. I really love that. I do too. Uh, Robin, I really can't thank you enough for coming on the Relunchables podcast. I just had five quick rapid fire questions if you're ready. Yeah, okay. Uh, TV show or movie you're currently binging during this quarantine? Are you watching anything right now? Uh, Yes, we just, well, I'm ashamed to admit Tiger King, we watched all (laughs) Um, Then we're watching, we're looking forward to Killing Eve coming back on. Love Killing Eve. What did you like about Tiger King? Or did you not like anything? (laughs) I thought that it was just an incredible trip to the circus. You know, Seriously. and and he, what a character. I mean, what a balls, I don't know if this is. Uh, <laughs> oh, free, feel free to say whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> he was, he, oh yeah, uh, he was just, he's a balls out human being, you know. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. um, and when I was watching that and he was singing, I went, why is he doing this other <laughs> thing? He's got a beautiful voice. And then I realized. <laughs> it's not him. <laughs> it's not him. And, uh, oh, yeah, and we've just been binging Better Call Saul. Oh, that's terrific. I love Better Call Saul. I think it's the best thing on television right now. It's so it well is. made. We agree. Agree. Yeah. Do you think Carol Baskin fed her husband to the tiger? I do. <laughs> I do. I feel as though somehow, you know, when you see the family before, his wife and the children, the daughters, and how that he had a lot of money and they got nothing. And, you know, that's, yeah, she had something to do with it. A hundred percent. The switching of the wills is what sold it for me. I was like, there's something fishy going on. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I know it's supposed to be rapid fire, not so rapid. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) No, that's my fault. Uh, What job do you think you would have pursued if you didn't get into the arts? Hmm. I don't really know. Diplomacy came to mind, but right okay. now in this world, I, I, you know, maybe they need me. Um, but uh, diplomacy, perhaps, or I love to entertain. So I, when I was about fourteen, I had a, a dream of having a Victorian house <laughs> that had three or four bedrooms upstairs, a common dining room, and. Uh, you know, a, a salon, a bar, and all that sort of stuff, and a, a butler, and you could come in, and you could, uh, you know, join the main dining room table, or you could have a private supper in one of your rooms upstairs. <laughs> it's just, I love, uh, I just, well, I'll put it this way. My, if I could live any life that I wanted to do, I would travel, give parties, and do one really good play or show a year. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> that oh, sounds awesome. <laughs> We've kind of been asking everyone that's come on what their favorite Disney Channel original movie has been. But I know for you, I don't know if you watched these like I did as a kid. So I'm just going to ask you, what was your favorite kids movie growing up? Oh, my God. I'm so dating myself. But the f- I loved Old Yeller. Oh, yeah. Long t- was that a Disney movie, too? It was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I loved that. I remember I was like four or something, and I went to the movie, and all the feelings and the love and the emotion and, and the care. It was just, yeah, I loved that. So there was that one. And then, oh, and then there was a scary movie that I liked a lot <laughs> called, um, uh, what was it called? It was called, it was based on the turn of the screw. Henry okay. James's play turn of the screw. And I can't think of the name of it right now. The innocence. It was okay. called the innocence. 
that was very, I just got chills when I said that to you. <laughs> Uh, was there a role or a movie that you saw and you're like, oh man, it would be so cool to have a part in that movie or a TV show? Is there anything that you wish you could have done? I remember watching Kenneth Branagh's film, uh, Henry V, Henry V, I think. And I thought, oh my, because it took me back to my early roots in Shakespeare. And I thought, oh my God, I think I was doing some ridiculous television show at the time. And, and I thought, oh, my God, I would rather sweep the floor in the background of this magnificent thing than uh, be doing most of what I've been doing in the last couple of months. But, um, but let's see. Well, I always want to play the great parts, you know. I would love to play Elizabeth. And I would love to, I'd love to be in any of the, Killing Eve is this uh, Jody, whatever her last Jody name Comer, is. Jodie Comer, yeah. Yeah, Jodie Comer. She's fabulous in it, as is the everyone's name is eluding me help me uh, sandra oh sandra oh yeah she they're all they're both of them just wonderful and what great parts to yeah. you know have written oh and uh, this all sounds like sh shameless self-promotion but <laughs> there there's a movie on lifetime right now that i did called psycho granny oh man and you can just call it up and it was so much fun because the breadth of emotion that i got to play in that thing was it was really really, <laughs> really does, the, fun. does the title say it all there psycho granny it kind of does they it, originally the the title was supposed to be granny's home okay and then they t when <laughs> they called me up and told me the title was changed i went well that really kind of says it all <laughs> she said yeah so uh, but a lot of people have said oh i love that title i watched that <laughs> Uh, last question: If Disney Channel approached you about a possible Brink sequel, would you uh, would you sign up to be a part of it? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, knowing what a an, an impact you know it has uh, made, I would love to you know give it another go and make some more friends. <laughs> uh, Robin, I can't thank you enough for joining the Relunchables podcast. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I would like to thank my guest, Robin Riker, for coming on the podcast. Please check out her latest film, Psycho Granny, on Lifetime. You can subscribe to the Relunchables podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a rating or review. Five stars only. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube